Hello, my name is Richard Hayward and welcome to my podcast. A time to pause, be still and spend some time reflecting on the Psalms in the Bible. This week we're having a look at Psalm 19 and my aunt and uncle are doing the readings. Psalm 19 and the second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. My prayer with these sessions is that they give you a chance to stop, to be still, and to be aware of God's presence in your life, his love, his peace, and his grace. God bless you as you listen to these passages of scripture, followed by some reflections from me on these two passages. going to read Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless innocent of great transgressions. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The reading is from 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, reading from verses 4 to 18. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, 
will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away, but their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, Psalm 19. And what a great psalm uh, this one is. The heavens did proclaim the glory of God. It took me back to Genesis chapter 1 as I was reading this uh, this psalm. Um, Genesis chapter 1 verses 14 to 18 where God makes the sun and the moon and the stars by speaking them into existence. And once he had made them, he said, it's good, pleased with that. And this psalm sort of helps us understand part of, or the reason for the creation, is to reflect the glory of God. These first few verses in, in this psalm are amazing, aren't they? Day after day the heavens declare the glory of God. Day after day they speak. They speak without a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth. It almost sounds illogical, doesn't it, that they speak that their message has gone throughout the earth and yet they are never heard. They speak without a word. Just being there, just being the mountain that God has created, the hills, the trees, the grass, the seas, the rivers, the clouds, the rain, the snow, just being there is enough to reflect the glory of God. And as I read those verses, I couldn't help but ask the question, how does that contrast with us? I don't know about you, but are we fixated on doing, having to do, the, having to do things? A great friend, Josh, several years ago preached a sermon that was 
around the theme of God doesn't want us to be busy. And it really, uh, it really challenged me that in a, in a society where if you meet someone new almost immediately, you ask, oh, what's your name? And exchange names. Oh, what do you do? Or we answer the question, I am a designer. I am a nurse. I am a... And then we label ourselves with what we do. That's how society is, isn't it? It's, it's, it's centred about our identity, our purpose even, is in what we do. And here we have this psalm that talks about how the heavens, the stars, you, know, you could add in the creation to that, is there to reflect God's glory. And so as I was reflecting on this psalm, I'd, I thought, well, if, if God has designed the stars, big balls of rock, as we are finding out with this rover over on Mars at the moment, lots of different types of rock, but it's mainly rock. And I am no geologist, I am no expert on, on planets, uh, so I couldn't tell you what types of rock, but for me, from all the photos that I have seen so far on Mars, it looks like a pretty big ball of rock. If God has designed the stars, balls of rock, to declare his glory, how much more are we, also creations of God, but loved by God? How much more can we declare his glory by just being who he has made us to be, his children? Elijah, our seven-year-old son, doesn't have to do specific stuff or wear specific clothes or talk in a certain way to be our son. He is our son. And exactly the same. We don't have to do certain things, be certain people to be children of God. We are children of God. The second passage that Francis read to us a few moments ago from Corinthians talks about the difference between the old way and the new way. I guess another way of looking at it is in the time before Christ and the time uh, after Christ lived here, Jesus lived here on earth. The old way started with a set of rules that needed to be followed. And as time went on, those rules got more and more broken. And that's kind of how it's being described in that passage in Corinthians, isn't it? I liken that to New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you, but I am not good at New Year's resolutions. I am full of enthusiasm on day one. I remember I used to get a diary when I was only a small diary, probably no bigger than sort of that size, 
and used to get a diary when I was a child and I think, right, I'm going to write my memoirs, I'm going to write a journal. And I probably only had enough room to write three or four tiny little lines. And I'd be pretty good on day one, day two, day three, day four. Definitely never got past a week. How long does it take before that enthusiasm of the New Year's resolution starts to diminish and it feels like it's taking more and more effort just to do the same thing that when there was enthusiasm it seemed quite simple, so quite easy to do. And this feels like what it's being described as to the Old Testament way that they were brought back to God Maybe a new set of rules or a different way of looking at it. Oh, yeah, 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 we could do that, we could do it, we could do it. And then they would slip away. And if you if you look at the Old Testament in as a whole, it just seems to be a continual of, yes, we love God, we're close to God, and then slipping away, and then and then God bringing them back, back close, and then slipping away, and, and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. But in these verses, the encouragement to us in now is that there is a new way. And this new way is quite different. And the big difference is it's not us doing the doing. Doing the doing, can you say that? Well, I guess you can. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We are being changed day by day into a closer resemblance of God. Day by day the Spirit of God is changing us back into the creation that he designed us to be in the first place. Back right back in Genesis in, in chapter 1 verse 26 where God says let's make man in our own image which of course was a perfect image. God made you and God made me to reflect who he is but the stuff that we have done wrong the stuff that Adam and Eve have done wrong the stuff that generations have done wrong or sin in other words for doing wrong isn't it has damaged that reflection but bit by bit the Holy Spirit is transforming us back into a perfect reflection of who God is in us. How amazing. The message that I believe God wants to build in me and for me to share with you from these two passages is stop trying so hard to be someone. Stop trying so hard to get somewhere. Stop trying so hard to accomplish. Stop trying so hard to do so much. Stop trying so hard to understand. Instead, trust. Trust God to do in you and for me to trust God to do in me what he knows best what he knows is best trust God to lead you 
trust God to change you day after day into a greater likeness of himself. Trust God to unveil your eyes so that you can see him more clearly. That passage talks about unveiling, taking that veil off so that we can see and we can reflect God more and more. Trust God to unblock your ears so that you can hear him more and more clearly. Trust God to soften your heart and keep your heart tender. You know, it's not even a case of us allowing God to do these things in us. It's not like we have to give God permission. We just need to trust. It's not even a case of allowing God to move in. It's trusting him. This morning in our church service, the story of Saul's amazing transformation on the road to Damascus was read. And you can find that in Acts chapter 9. And it's worth having a read. Because the thing that struck me was that Saul who Saul is the one who then changes his name to Paul or his name is changed to Paul and of course he's the one who goes on to to pen many of the letters that we have in the New Testament and uh, and the amazing work that God does through him that we still talk about today and we still are learning about today but in that process of transformation on the road to Damascus Saul does nothing. It's Jesus who appears to Saul and talks to him. Jesus doesn't appear after Saul has been spending hours and hours in a prayer meeting. He's heading to Damascus to try and shut down what these new Christians are doing. It's Jesus that blinds him on that road. It's his friends or his companions that were travelling with him that actually take him and lead him to Damascus. It's Ananias who lays hands on Saul. And that's a whole new, another uh, story of trust we won't go into now. It's Jesus who restores Saul's sight. It's the Holy Spirit that fills Saul. And you could say the first active thing that Saul does in this process is being baptised. That's the first action of trust that Saul takes. And then, like I've said, we know how God used Saul or Paul in the spread of the gospel through the rest of the New Testament. In this time where things are changing quite quickly as we're starting on this journey out of all these restrictions from COVID, there's going to be a lot of things that we feel we should do to try and get stuff back to normal or to get stuff back to where we were. 
challenge is as we move forward from here to just trust God to listen to him so let's be still for a few moments let's be still let's quieten our thoughts and our feelings and let's simply ask God what are you saying to me right now in these moments